Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. Here we are once again, the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Once again, thank you so much for showing up. We do appreciate it. I am Uncle Greg, and we have the Roctologist, the Professor, just the man of music, Brett Fargo. Well, is it too soon to bring back the DJ Bivar persona? I don't think so. I, I feel like it's appropriate. I think it is too. This week. Or I got another one. Let's hear it. Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker. Hmm. Well, because I figure if, if this marshmallow guy with the marshmallow head, if he can do something with his career, I should be Graham Cracker because I'm going to like toast the guy and make him into a s'more or something like that. Okay. Um, no, no. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm still not. Uh, if, like I said, if you want me to call you Graham Cracker for this 124th episode of this podcast, I will. No, you're right. Maybe that's just silly. We'll, we'll stick with DJ Bivar. And then, of course, uh, my stepdaughter long ago came up with DJ Greggy P for me. Yeah, Greggy I'm gonna P. I'm going to stick with that one because we're talking about 90s electronic music this week. Yeah, not something I know an awful lot about. Yeah, well, I was kind of afraid because I was thinking, okay, like, you know, Depeche Mode, or you get some of these other songs. But the 90s stuff, it really came out near the end of the 90s where this really kind of techno, hardcore mix of uh, hip hop and all this stuff kind of meshed together. And there was a lot of great bands and a lot of great music that came out of it. A lot of great fun. Like uh, I was saying in last episode, the electronic 90s stuff. I remember going to clubs and, of course, the foam parties. You know, those were a lot of fun. you never been to, like, a, a, a foam party? No, I never went to a foam party. I am aware of foam parties. We had one downtown San Diego called the Blue something or other. And, you know, they would always tell you to get in your best pleather so you could slide around in the foam. I never went to one. That wasn't my scene. Well, it was kind of hedonistic. And no, yes. uh, and it was uh, dirty and it was wrong and sinful. So that's totally you. I was there. Yeah, uh, that's what got me really <laughs> excited. I didn't go to a lot of them, but I remember being at them and I just remember like the big tubes coming out and then, you know, just all this, you know, it's like bathtub suds. So it'll look like. But after a while, there's a lot of dirty things happening in those suds. After a while, you don't know one big tube from another. No, nope, huh? nope, not when you're there at the phone party. But that was the fun of it all. And it was just a lot of great music. And to you know, and I, I shouldn't promote this, but at those phone parties, a lot of great drugs, too. I know you're not supposed to promote that or say, oh, like I had a horrible time. But, you know, I, I, I never lost my car, my job, my anything. And I had a lot of fun, laughed for hours. Made a lot of good friends, made a lot of people who I, you know, saw naked from the waist down for just, you know, a few moments of my life. But you okay. share those moments. You know what I mean? Sure. Those, those moments are things that you remember. And as you get older, you're like, 
not proud of it, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't miss but it. But you're proud of it. No, I you're not proud of it, but come on, face it. You're proud. Well, of it. You know, but it's like one of those things, like as guys, you know, like everybody has regret. You always, when you're younger, I don't want to have any regret. We all have something that we regret the way we've acted, yes. the things that slipped through our fingers. I think that I should have probably been more, not the words, not aggressive, but more forthcoming, more confident in my abilities to like meet people or go out and do things. Sure. And so whenever, especially a guy looks back, I think that we look back at the opportunities missed with women. Could it be just dating or sex or whatever? That's like some of our biggest regrets. And um, when it comes to phone parties, let's just say I don't have a lot of regrets. And so, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like everybody was there and having a good time. And it was just one of those things. And um, not that I did a lot, but it was definitely an experience that if I didn't have, I'd be like, what was it like? And, right. and it wasn't just all that, but it was sometimes when you went to these clubs and you like, you see the door open and it goes out to an alley. You're like, what are people doing out there? So you look out there and you're like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> it's like a porn movie out there. Okay, cool. Well, look at that. Huh? I've been to the wrong clubs, but one day when your grandchild asks you, Gramps, what were phone parties like? You're going to have a good answer. I won't. Yeah. I was like rubber ducky. We were all taking baths together. They would hand out soap and we were all like <laughs> washing each other. It got a little crazy, but you know, yeah, we were all clean. Oh, uh, gee, Bert. <laughs> yeah. Can you turn up the bubbles? <laughs> yeah. It was like, hey, you know, and, and I, yeah. So it was, you know, those, but those parties were a lot of fun. Depend on the, you know, the, the clubs you went to, too. But there was a lot of them in Scottsdale and it wasn't all just a free for all, you know, orgy. But yeah. you would sometimes it wasn't shocking when you're like, look at that corner, you know, and you're like, oh, nice. Or sometimes it would have levels. And so people would like be leaning up against the wall and you could see like the clear plexiglass. Right. And you could see everyone is naked from the waist down in that huh. area. And you're like, I wonder what they're doing. Because the suds were up to your boobs, at least sometimes your neck, depending on where you were. So there was no need for anything underneath. Some phone parties, I'm sure people went to were like, I never saw anything like that. I'm sure they were quite respectable. Yeah, they just danced in and drank and tripped and traded stock tips. Yeah, ate ecstasy as they danced in suds, you know, and so that's what happens. And let me just tell you, here in Scottsdale, Sammy the Bull kind of was supplying a lot of, well, alleged, well, he went to jail for it. I just don't want to piss him off. But anyways... No, please. Yeah. Um, he was an artist. I'll say that. And then when he went to jail, it went to pot. So there was nothing good. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh -huh. You did not hear that name on this podcast. No, no. But it wasn't. It was just this whole thing. So we'll change the name to protect the innocent. We'll call him Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker. Well, he, he Graham Cracker owned an Italian restaurant on Scottsdale Road for a time. Mm. And I remember eating there. The food was wonderful. It really was. Like this guy, everything he did was like top notch. Yeah. His food, the whatnots. And that. And then when he was gone. We miss you, Graham Cracker. We do. All right. What are well, we talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about 90s electronic this week. And, Foam you parties, know, without naming yeah. any names, we were supposed to have a guest that has not panned out for about three months now. So we'll call him Graham Cracker. Yeah, we'll set it up with Graham Cracker again. We'll see what happens. Well, no, I think we're writing off Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker is dead to us. Uh, maybe not. Maybe there's always a reason. Maybe something happened. We can't, you know, assume the worst. Let's assume mm. the best. Like mm. not the worst that happened to him so he can't be here or she. 
you know, we don't know who Graham Cracker is. Non-binary. Yeah, we, we, we don't know. Non-binary Graham Cracker. But, you know, let's just not accept or, or, you know, kind of go to the worst. Let's go to the best. Maybe, maybe like there was a child and it was, you know, there was a burning apartment. He had to go and he saved that child. Right. Or an injured bird. Or an injured bird. You know, you're really turning a corner. <laughs> maybe. I don't know what corner that is. It's more like you to be cynical and I try to see the best in people yeah. and, and the tables have turned. Well, yeah. You know, that's why it's the yen and yang each week. But you just never know so. which side is going to be yen and which side is going to be yang. This is true. I'm clearly the yang this week. Yep. All right. Well, um, so I guess we're talking 90s electronic. So for you, obviously, 90s electronic conjures up visions of foam dancing. Yeah, well, just clubs and being on air, uh, you know, being uh, doing the alternative radio thing and these songs coming out and it was always just so different. So that's what it conjures up for me. Yeah, Uh, well, it pretty much conjures up, I guess, exactly the songs that I have chosen. I came up with about 10. I narrowed it down to my five and I'm happy enough with them. Yeah. So let's see, because like I was afraid there were some songs that I was like, oh, I remember that song. And then maybe I heard a different version. or it was a remix version that was more electronic. Then I was like, well, I guess I can't use that. And I will give you the name of that song. It was Everything But The Girl With Missing, which I love that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would take that. Oh, OK, well, I wasn't sure because like then I'm like I'm listening to it little bit before he started recording and I'm thinking, hmm, there's a lot of instruments in there. And then I might have heard like a, a remix or been listening to a remix. But anyway, so I said, I'll have to take that one off. But I still love that song. Oh, because everything but the girl was very spare. I mean, particularly around that time. So I think it originally started as an acoustic song, right? And then it was remixed and that right. became a hit. And then that kind of became their sound for their last few records. But Great band, though, too. I've always enjoyed yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tracy Thorne's voice and I like their 80s records a lot where they were more like jazzy bossa nova type stuff. Well, you want to go first this week with your number five pick of your favorite 90s electronic songs? Why not? I have a feeling this is going to be a crossover, at least for the artist. My number five is Firestarter by a prodigy from March 1996. So I remember the first time I heard this song and just how dangerous it sounded. I mean, it's one of the best electronic songs of the 90s, in my opinion. But I could also think of it as maybe one of the best punk songs of the 90s, too. You got the siren wail of the guitar sampled from the Breeders. You have that explosively heavy drum sample. And then Liam Howlett's reverse-gated Johnny Rodden-esque sneering. It sounds positively frantic, sinister, and menacing. So even though it really wasn't in my Britpop love and wheelhouse at the time, I had to go out and get the CD single. hear the track it conjures up two visions for me one a little traumatic and one funny so first of all the traumatic one you got married no well yeah that that is true (laughs) that's that was pretty traumatic (laughs) but that's not it when i was a kid i had a friend that lived three houses down from us and his family's house burned to the ground 
And I just remember there was an open field across the street from us, and I just stood in that field watching this house burn, and it has stuck with me to this day. I won't even call it an irrational fear. It's a very rational fear of not only fire, but losing everything in an instant. Every time I hear Firestarter, my mind instantly goes to that place. But here's the funny thing. 20, it was about when the song came out. So let's say 25 years ago, I worked with a woman who had a pet ferret and also had an awful abusive ex-Navy SEAL husband Hmm. who used to get mad. And that's not the funny part. The fact that that's very sad that he was uh, a jerk. But when he would get angry, she would tell us that he would take the ferret and he would put the ferret's head in his mouth and threaten to bite the ferret's head off. I don't know why. I mean, it just seems like a weird thing to me. That's also not the funny part. So the funny part was uh, my buddy Mike and I, we recorded a parody of Firestarter called Ferret Stuffer, (laughs) and we slipped it into the DJ at our company Christmas party to play it in front of everybody, including the Ferret Stuffer who was in attendance. And he could have snapped us like a twig, but thankfully nothing happened. It was great fun for all. You'll just have to take my word for it. And maybe if I can find said recording of Ferret Stuffer, I'll put it somewhere in this episode. Please do. I'm very excited. Number five, Firestarter by Prodigy. Well, I remember hearing that song early on and then seeing Keith Flint, uh, the way how he looked crazy at that time. I still would look crazy to me. But also alternative radio, you had kind of like the Britpop thing ending. You had grunge. Yeah. You had uh, kind of the swing with squirrel nut zippers and that sort of stuff. And then you had this electronic music coming out all at the same time around 97, 96, 97, 98. Yeah. And that yeah. was that. And let me tell you why the Navy SEAL was uh, acting out like that, because he has anger issues. And he was using that uh, threat because he was trying to protect himself emotionally because he's got anger issues. Uh-huh. Thank you for correcting me, too, because I said Liam Howland that you're right. That's the other guy in the prodigy. It was Keith Flint that had the... Uh, crazy oh. hair and is is now dead uh, dearly departed yeah. yes but liam you know what he lives with great regret and do you know what that regret is no i read this one time so maybe he's not living with it anymore but at one point he did but at one point when they you know prodigy when all this was on the radio and was going great they were on madonna's label and madonna mm. wanted him to produce her and he was like no way i'm too cool for that and he says that's one of his big regrets. Should be. Yeah. Because, you know, if he would have done her, who would he be, you know, producing after he produced her and this and that. So if you ever get the chance, work with whoever. Always take the meeting, people. Always take the meeting. Always take the meeting. Yeah. My friend taught me that and I'm still stuck with that. All right. But it worked out well for Madonna, though. It did. I don't know what album that was, but I was doing it because uh, William Orbit did a great job on Ray of Light. I think it was Ray of Light. I think it was around that Ray era. Of Light. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the one with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen or whatever, and he was in there as uh, that character that he did back then. Borat? I don't know. No, the one before Borat. You know, the guy who had like the uh, hip Oh, Ali G. Ali G. Ali G. There you go. Yeah. I was past, I was paying no attention, but I remember him being in the video, but I think it was in that era. When she asked him to, you know. I want to say that was uh, music, right? That he was in that video? Yes. Like driving in the limo. Which I think was produced by, was that produced by Mirwa? I have no idea. 
I know that Madonna was produced by Neil Rogers at one point. Nile Rogers, yeah. Nile Rogers. For uh, Like a Virgin. Mm-hmm. And that's a great story, too. Anyways. It is. On to your number five. <laughs> On to my number five. Now that we bored the piss out of you, let's talk about Crystal Method. They're kicking off my list of electronic songs. It's hard to believe this song was released 25 years ago. It landed at number 17 on the hot dance chart back then. But what just blows my mind, it may blow yours, it remained on that chart for like 10 years. So Crystal Method, their song Busy Child, for a decade on this chart is what I read. Can you believe that? A song? I'm sure it wasn't, you know, 17 the whole time, but it moved back, but it remained on the chart for 10 years. Busy Child, a band out of Vegas. So if anybody knows, you know, phone parties and ecstasy, extimacy, I would say it would be Crystal Method with their song, Busy Child, my number five. I guess I didn't know. have to get familiar with that song when you hear it you're gonna go oh yeah probably it was one of those Just songs you name. could not escape but you know how dumb i am how dumb are you slash innocent yes i just realized when you said crystal method that that's a play on words yeah for the last 25 plus years have not realized that that's good see it shows that you're pure and why you're the moral authority of the only three lads podcast yep dj bvar don't play with meth nope all right well good pick question mark if i knew the song but i'll check it out you're gonna know for sure you're gonna all right well i'm gonna ask you a question and that question is is there a more perfect movie ending than train spotting maybe but i I don't know i haven't seen all the movies you you don't have to come up with an answer now but train spotting that is a great movie it's a flawless marriage of sight and sound if you've never seen the movie out there you should and i'm going to have no regrets about giving a spoiler alert because the movie's 26 years old so it's your own fault if you haven't seen it to set the scene renton the main character lies awake while his strung out drug buddies are asleep lying next to him is the despicable character begbie who's clutching a duffel bag of drug money. So Renton gets up, goes to the bathroom. Symbolically, there's a glass of whiskey sitting on the sink. He pours it out, fills it up with water, takes a drink of water, goes back out, carefully pries the bag out of Begbie's sleeping hands, steps over his mates, and walks towards the door. Only one of his friends, Spud, the kind of dopey one, wakes up and silently pleads with Ren not to do it, He gives him a little nod and he's out the door. He's committed the ultimate act of betrayal against his so-called mates, but as he intones in his closing monologue, he's going to change, he's going to get clean, and become just like you. So this scene is perfectly soundtracked by Underworld's Born Slippy. It's a euphoric moment of the movie, aided and abetted by this track. It starts with glistening waves of trance keyboards and escalates from there. The lyrics come in at a rapid fire pace, overdubbed to the point where really the only discernible word 
is often boy. And then there's that beat. It's unrelenting, loud, and monolithic, creating this incredible sense of claustrophobia. It's the sound of a substance-fueled experience, or at least what I would imagine it to be. You know, DJ B-Var don't play like that, as we know. I wouldn't have guessed that one of the pulsating electronic anthems of the 90s would have been from the guys behind the 80s song Duke Doot, but there you have it. So my number four, Underworld, Born Slippy. My favorite scene from Train Spotting is when he dives into the toilet. It's a great scene. That's just, Very creepy, but what a great scene. Yeah. And I think the music for that one is uh, Brian Eno. All right. See, there you go. I'm pretty sure. Well, at number four for me is a song that uh, really took hip hop and smashed it into hardcore techno. Then it had this bass line. It's an undeniable earworm. Block Rockin' Beats. Block Rockin' Beats by the Chemical Brothers. Now, the reason why I think DJs they tour today make millions of dollars is in part because of Chemical Brothers. When they came out with this stuff, 1997, took us all for a ride. And, you know, the song takes me back again to being ha-ha in those 90 clubs and just dancing all night long. So number four for me, the Chemical Brothers, Block Rockin' Beats. track and that's electronic as hell so i wasn't afraid of that it one. is unapologetically so i almost had let forever be one of the two chemical brothers songs that noel gallagher did the vocals for and both of them coincidentally are like trying very hard to be tomorrow never knows by the beatles but they're great tracks i think the chemical brothers, they also did dig your own hole they did yeah, yeah. that that's a good one too that one's long though yeah. it's not so dancey that's like when you're trying to come down off your trip don't i know it <laughs> All right, well, head over to our Facebook page. We may have missed some of these electronic songs from the 90s, and maybe you have your favorite. Again, our lists are just subjective, but we'd love to hear what you have to say. Get over to that Facebook page. Make sure and like our page, and if you could please share each and every post that you see. Don't even look at it. Just hit share, share all, boom, and that way we build this community, and uh, we just had our biggest month in July once again. Thank you for that. Thank it's you. all because of you. It's not because of us. It's, it's obviously... Not us. It's you. It really is. Could be Marshmallow, Graham Cracker, and Bivar and DJ Greggy P, but who knows? All right. We'll stick around because we're going to continue right. with our list. Top five electronic songs of the 90s after this. Hey, this is Terry from Dot Dash. You're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. O3L Spotlight. A few weeks ago on our O3L Spotlight, we celebrated the return of Glasgow indie pop institution, The Orchids, and now this week, we're fortunate to be given the opportunity to share the second single off their forthcoming new album. This is a track called Didn't We Love You, and dare I say it's even better than the first. With their signature blend of beauty, strength, and gentleness, we're definitely looking forward to the forthcoming album Dreaming Kind, out September 2nd on Skep Wax Records, the label run by fellow Sarah Records alumni Amelia Fletcher and Rob Percy. So now, here's the Orchids with Didn't We Love You.
back. You're still here. It's the Only Three Lads podcast. Don't forget, we're on all the platforms. So if you're looking for one, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. You can go to Google, your smart speaker. Just say, play the Only Three Lads podcast, and then we're hanging out. We're never alone. This is assuming that you're unhappy with the platform that you're listening to us on right now. But smart speakers, that's easy. Probably right there in your living room or in your kitchen. Or right next to your bed. You can wake up in the morning. You can hear our voices. If that doesn't get you moving, nothing will. (laughs) Then obviously nothing will. (laughs) (laughs) What's your number three? My number three is one of the great blissed out tracks of all time from the groundbreaking Screamadelica album. It's Primal Screams Higher Than the Sun. I guess this probably also could have worked for the psychedelic episode that we did a couple weeks ago because over Trippy Electronics, a very druggy Bobby Gillespie sings, experience and innocence bleed inside me, hallucinogens can open me or untie me, I drift in inner space free of time, I find a higher state of grace in my mind, I'm beautiful. Whoa, man. It evokes a gorgeous dreamlike state of self-discovery with or without chemicals, but, you know, in their case, obviously with. While it bears Primal Scream's name, it's the Orbs chilled production that makes it one of the greatest records of the era, and arguably a career highlight for both the Primals and the Orb. And it was 1991, and, you know, in those days, this track could even land at number 40 on the UK singles chart, which is pretty unthinkable today. So that's number three for me. A very cool track, Primal Scream, Higher Than the Sun. I know that's a favorite band of yours. That's one song I'm going to check out. it's, It's one of them. Definitely one of them. All right. Well, my number three song is one that you're talking about being high on drugs. If you've been up for four or five days... You're going to think that maybe you're hearing this song at a distance, but it's all in your head. For me, I was jet lagged, just landed in Geneva, Switzerland. I turn on the TV, MTV Europe, and the song from Daft Punk, Around the World. Around the world, around the world. And when you break down that whole video, like when you look at the video, you think, who gave these guys these drugs? And the record label who, you know, green-lighted making this video... But when you really pay attention, you have like characters in there. They're like dancing to the different instruments in the song. You have a, a bass right. line, you got the guitar. And so it's super cool. I mean, I think that the video, the song, it's executed insanely well. It's like an acid trip coming out of your speakers. And especially if you're watching it on TV, you're going to go, wow, flash back. But Daft Punk, Around the World, number three for me. So what's your interpretation of the lyrics? You know, I still, when I hear it, I just, Around the World, 
Yeah. I just think high people around the world at a dance club somewhere. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. You know, I mean, and I love the bass line. That's my interpretation. Yeah. I mean, I come for the beat, but I really stay for the yeah, lyrics. Well, around the world. Yeah. It's, it seems like they've been around the world or they want you to go around the world or maybe they wanted the song to go around the world. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, is it an invitation to come around the world? Is it, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I said, but when he watched the video and watched those different characters dance to like the different lines in the recording. Yeah. That's when it becomes interesting. No, I kid with Daft Punk. And I think the one guy, yeah. like they're French, right? Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And then I think one guy, he retired. Right. That's like Crystal Method. One guy in that band also retired. So it's now just a solo project. One of the guys, they oh. used to be two dudes. Because like these DJs, you know, like if you were around in the 90s, that's 25 years ago. They're like the old guy at the club now. Right. That's why they're putting on, you know, these helmets and shit, you know, like the marshmallow guy or uh, dead mouse or what about danger mouse? Does he put his stuff on his head? I don't think he puts a mask on. No. Okay. Daft no, Punk does. Daft, so. Daft Punk Daft had the Punk. coolest. Yeah. yeah, they did. They have those Tron like yeah. robot masks. That's because they were like 83 years old. Boom, boom, boom. You know, they could move their shoulders and dance, but they weren't doing no backflips or nothing. There are some out there that believe that uh, you should not be at a club if you're over 30. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be crazy. the old guy at the club. Now, if you're watching a band play, that's cool. But yeah, I haven't been to a dance club in God knows how long. Whatever. If you're having a good time, you like the music and you're not being creepy about it, have fun. That's the problem, though. If you're over 30, especially if you're a dude. Now, if you're a chick, you got new boobs and stuff. No one, you know, winks an eye. If you're a dude, doesn't matter. You're creepy. Let your freak flags fly. <laughs> I say. That's what DJ Bivar, a.k.a. Graham Cracker, says. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. All right. Number two. And by the way, Graham Cracker's dead to me. One of these things is not like the other because my number two is maybe not electronic as we often think of it. But it is constructed by synthesizers and samples. And it sounds like a disco club smash straight out of 1982 or 1999 or 2022. It's Norwegian pop singer Annie and her first single from 1999, The Greatest Hit. It's built around a sample of Madonna's Everybody, and it's the perfect example of interpolating somebody else's work and making it your own. It opens with those disco laser noises. You know, pew, 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 pew. I love those. You can put disco lasers in any song and I'm going to dig it. And then it introduces an elastic bass line and the eerie synth line from the Madonna song. Annie then enters with a seductive girl group spoken word intro before she urges in the chorus, keep it coming, baby. Can you dig it? It's a wonderful frothy pop confection that sounds still too cool for the mainstream to this day. Produced by her DJ boyfriend, Erot, Erot, E-R-O-T. I don't know if that's exactly how you say it. Erot, though, that sounds like something that, like, I don't know, grows when you have an affection. Well, his Norwegian given name was T-O-R-E, Tor or Tore, and so it's just flipped. It's backwards. All right. So I'll call him Erot since it's a nickname. <laughs> but anyway, sadly, 
He died at the age of 23 in 2001 of a rare congenital heart disease. But he was the love of Annie's life. So actually, if you listen to Annie's music now, even on her 2020 album, Dark Hearts, there are still tributes to him. So his life still lingers very uh, heavily over her music. But the greatest hit would also be included on Annie's great debut full-length, Annie Mall. That's Annie Mall. See, what a pun. In 2005, more than five years after the song's initial single release. Now, most artists wouldn't plunk an old song onto their album, but it, first of all, uh, serves as a lasting tribute to Erot. Plus, it was Annie's idea for the album that she wanted to create a pop album that would still sound good in five years. So taking this track that was five years old, still sounded really good in 2005, kind of makes sense. And 23 years later, it still sounds good. And therefore, it is number two for me this week. Annie, the greatest hit. Now, how do we spell Annie? Uh, like you would. Okay. A-N-N-I-E. I-E, okay. I want to hear this song. I want to make sure I get it right. It is very much pop, but it's a little more of an indie sensibility that you would ever hear on Top 40 Radio. Check out the entire album, Animal. Animal, okay. Yep. And then, um, yeah, maybe it sounds cool in Switzerland, but Erot, it's like, hey, Brett, dude, I just got a call from the health department. They said that there was an outbreak of Erot in that I phone party. Yeah, yeah, they want me to go get tested. Should, should I go? Whew. Erot doesn't sound good. You never know what you're going to get at a phone party. No, all. yeah. Dude, Especially I, when you're naked from the waist down. Dude, I got so. Erot all in my inner leg. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's called the Only Three Lads Diet. When you listen to us, sometimes you just can't eat. Well, it's better than E-Rot. Yeah, better than E-Rot. All right, number two. Rest in peace. On my list, yes. We're not making fun of your name. We're just having fun with it. So number two on my list of the top five electronic songs is one that was full of controversy, even in 1997. I remember when this song, it was the title and the video I mean, a decade ago, it was voted by the PRS, which is a music copyright collective in Europe, as the most controversial song ever from the album Fout of the Land. It's a crossover with the band Prodigy, but I picked Smack My Up. That's the song that I picked. And I remember uh, when this song, of course, we had Firestarter, then Breathe. This was, I think, the third single off of Fat of the Land from Prodigy. And I remember people, it was like that big controversy, how dare they, you know, violence towards women. All kinds of music, yeah. Like, uh, God, who was the country chick from American Idol? Underwood. Yes. Uh, what's her first name? Carrie. Carrie. Carrie Underwood. You know, she's got a pretty violent song where she bashes up the guy's truck. That's fine. Oh yeah. But you. But can't, he did cheat. What well, doesn't matter? You know. Oh, by the way, and I'm totally. I'm, I don't mean to derail your oh, derail selection. It. This this has got to be good. I have a feeling it's better than anything I could say. Several weeks ago. You had talked about uh, Michelle Branch, yes. right? Yes, I know where you're going. Okay, you saw the news. I did. I was shocked. 
She was arrested for beating up uh, her boyfriend, who is the Black Keys drummer. Yeah, it wasn't beating up. She slapped him twice. And okay. he and, and it even said that he had no marks. Not that I'm saying or I'm trying to defend her. But I will say I'm a homer. I love her music. She was worst day of her life and her mugshot still looked really good. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, but next yeah. album cover. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Slap my dude up is going to be the name of that one, maybe. But apparently they got into a fight and, um, you know, police came and I think they live yeah. in Nashville. And I think they were married. Right. They were married and they're going through a divorce. Or no, something. no, no. I don't think they are. I don't know. They might be. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Right. I I just know that they got into a fight and then um, he had no marks on him, but she admitted to slapping him twice. So they arrested her and then she was probably out on a very small bond or maybe her own a thousand dollars i heard yeah so so a hundred bucks really if you get the bondsman yeah so but she had a she has a grand in the bank her husband's doing very well oh i'm sure unless they are legally except uh, separated well anyways michelle branch all right i'm sorry no so but basically uh most controversial song ever prodigy smack smack my up and a great song it's electronic just a lot of people don't like it. So, of course, I have to gravitate right towards it. So always the contrarian. Yep. Like my dad said, if too many people like it, it probably sucks. Yeah, dad was on to something. Yeah, he was. He was. My life is like putting sandpaper to your taint because of my choices. But they're my choices and I'm sticking with them. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. And hopefully you're not having any regrets listening to this 124th episode. I don't know how you the couldn't. only three last podcast. <laughs> it's just gone off the rails just the whole time. Uh, we were talking about our top five electronic songs from the nineties and uh, we're almost to our number ones. This is what happens when we don't have a guest. Yeah. We were all, we're a little bit tired, a little jet lagged. Um, what else? We're still in shock over Michelle branch. We are. Yeah, That's very just, shocking. Not, yeah, I hope everything works out there and everyone turns happy and there's peace. We'll have to set up a GoFundMe for her bail. No, uh, I think she can handle it. I think she's fine. Yeah. Michelle Branch doesn't need us. No. She might need you. No, we need her. She, she doesn't need us. You'd be totally into her. You'd, you wouldn't mind a slap or two. Oh, I would. that's what I would beg for. I would be like, hey, wait a second. I'm not bleeding again. <laughs> but I, but I have issues. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Stick around. Our number one electronic song of the nineties. If uh, the platform will allow us to stay on it at this point, <laughs> it's coming up after this. All right. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> From the era that brought you, where's the beef? Where's the beef? And Max Headroom. This is Max, Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros. Buckle up and experience only three lads. As Brett just said, this is why we can't have nice things. It is the Only Three Lads podcast. We take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999 every single week. So please make sure make it over to the Facebook page. Make sure and like the page. Hit the notification. Uh, we're also on Twitter now um instagram facebook as usual facebook and then what we're else? all over yes oh, that's it that's really it they have 73 different platforms and uh one day maybe we'll be on tiktok i don't know it's it's a lot to keep up with just like the three i know and then you get some of these people who are like oh you can they have like they rattle off 54 different platforms to see what they do and Holy they're on no yeah yeah but you know 
I'm one of those people where Facebook, that's where I see my TikToks. Oh, yeah. On the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And YouTube now. You can go on YouTube and they have like the little TikTok thing that you can go in. Right. It will suck 30 minutes of your time because you don't even, I don't realize it. I'll start watching. I'll just start flipping. And then all of a sudden, 30 minutes goes by and I've learned nothing. I've seen some people who I would never be allowed in the same room as, you know, because they're like half naked and they're young. They're dancing around doing whatever they're doing. But some of it's funny. Some of it's cool. I was watching uh, people get hit by like uh, cars. That's always good for a laugh. Yeah, those are my favorite. <laughs> well, especially when they're dumb or they deserve it. There was one guy who was like trying to rob some woman in this bus stops. And it's somewhere. It looks like the Middle East. But all these dudes come out and they bounce the guy like a basketball. It's, it's awesome. Wow. I love it. Well, you should wear a mask next time. To wear. I don't know. Next time, next time you're watching TikTok and you're, you, you know, you're, uh, you see a video of somebody you wouldn't be allowed in the same room with. Oh, well, they can't see me. Just wear a mask. Okay. And then you can go in the same room as them. I don't know where I'm going with this. I blame Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker should be here to ground us. Oh, he, he just slap us right across the head. All right. Are we ready for number one? <laughs> I think we're more than ready for number one. I, I think people are begging for number one at this point. I'm sure they are. Well, my number one comes from an artist who I selected just a few weeks ago during our Songs with Horns episode. And now she's back with one of the most beguiling, bewitching, bedazzling electronic songs of the 90s, shall we say? From her 1995 album Post, it is Bjork with Hyper Ballad. This was the track that really hooked me on her solo career. In 1995, I had never heard anything quite like it. The iciness of the skittering drums and the synths set against a beautiful string arrangement by the Brazilian mastermind Diodato, who was responsible for some of the gorgeous stirring arrangements on classic Jobim, Nascimento, and Valle records, as well as a lot of American soul like Aretha and Roberta Flack. And Bjork's voice is otherworldly, soaring, and swooping. She sings of an early morning ritual of going to the cliffside of a mountain to throw things off, like stray car parts, bottles, and cutlery. Yeah, if you have any extra forks, Bjork will dispose of them for you. It's mundane stuff, just watching and listening to the sound they make as they land. But then she begins to contemplate what it would sound like if she were to go over the cliff. What her body would sound like, whether she would have her eyes open or closed, gets dark very quick, but it's incredibly detailed and evocative, but the payoff is in the spine-tingling chorus. I go through this before you wake up so I can feel happier to be safe up here with you. If that's not one of the greatest declarations of love, I don't know what is. But it's also a glimpse at the side of our psyches that we may never show to those closest to us. Here Bjork goes out before her lover wakes up, she has these weird, twisted death fantasies and then comes back to make their morning coffee and toast. Against those rocks And when it lands Will my eyes be closed or open? I go through all this Before you wake So I can feel It's a sound that Bjork would explore further on her next album, Homogenic, but I think this is probably the crown jewel. I love this song, Bjork Hyper Ballad. 
Now, when I think of Bjork, I remember when she first came out, she was in Sugar Cubes. Yes. But then when she came out solo, I remember we had to correct one of the DJs on my station because they kept calling her Bjork. And I think Bjork is actually probably wrong, too, because I've heard Icelandic people pronounce it. It's more like Bjork or something like that. Bjork? Whatever. I'd Bjork. rather be uh, Bjork than Bjork. Yeah. Or Bjork. We're going to call her Bjork because yeah. we're Americans and that's how we do it here in America. Well, if, if we were true Americans and we were at the Eaton Rifle. That's right. Uh, where you can get food and bullets all at the same time. Eaton mm. Rifle here in Phoenix. Yeah, we would we would play Bjork. On that's our right. Graham Cracker plays Bjork. Bjork. All right. What's your number one? Yeah. Um, we got to get out of here because people are going, dude. I don't know what these guys ate, and we might have ate some bad graham crackers. Is all I gotta say. We could have laced with crystal method. <laughs> laced, well, now that we would we'd be up, we'd be all sound like a an auctioneer. Mine number one sounds like Elmer Fudd. He believed me. Electronic song of the year. No, Porky Pig. Yeah, Porky Pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's all, folks. So my number one electronic song of the 1990s is one recorded in a bedroom studio. So this is little DIY. I love it. The uh, recording took just two hours and got the band Saint Entitine. Did I say that right? Etienne. Etienne. Well, I think it's I think it's Saint Etienne. Etienne. Well, how did they say? Because there's there's Saint Etienne and there's Saint Etienne. I've always said Etienne. But you're, but, but yeah, but you're. What's the word I'm looking for? You're American. Cult- I don't no, know. You're cultured. I would say Bjork, so what do I know? Yeah. So St. Etienne, or how do you say it? Etienne. Etienne. Anyways, the band, it got him a recording deal. It was the band's first single. It was their first hit. It was, of course, written by Neil Young, the song, Only Love Can Break Your Heart. funny thing is is that when they first started out they were just using singers so the singer who was in the band most of the time that the band's been around i think it's still around now yep sarah cracknell just had it so like their biggest hit that defines them is not even by their lead singer but it's a great song and whenever i'm thinking of i want to hear something electronic it's one of the first songs i go to because then youtube brings me a lot of the other songs that i really enjoy so that's my number one electronic song of the 90s came out in 1990 ish Saint yeah. Saint Etienne, only love can break your heart. I love it. I love that band. Isn't it a town in France too, though? I believe it is. Hmm, okay, very French, very French. French bread, French dressing, French fries. Remember that? Where's my two dollars? That <laughs> remember that movie? No, but oh my god! But, but I'm into it. I gotta, I gotta see it now. Yeah, it was uh, John something. Or else. I can't remember the name. Uh, Better off dead is the name. Of the movie. Better off dead. I have seen that movie. I don't yeah. remember a thing about it, but because wasn't it like yeah? Because there was like a, a foreign exchange student, and the mom was like, "Here's French dressing, French yeah. bread, French fries." <laughs> <laughs> and then where's my two dollars? That was the crack. Oh, and by the way, the the kid who played the paper boy in that movie, uh, he's now a principal of a school. Really? Yeah, he still lives in Los Angeles. 
a little more useless information. I think uh, episode 124 of the only three lads podcast is going to be, it's going to be one that we can use in the past when, if we ever sit with anybody who says, here's how you can make your podcast better. They'll like have us listen to this one and say, don't do that. Hey, so let's go down our list real quick of our number five picks. Okay, so I had number five, The Prodigy, Firestarter. Number four, Underworld, Born Slippy. Number three, Primal Scream, Higher Than the Sun. Number two, Annie, The Greatest Hit. And number one, Bjork, Hyper Ballad. All right, well, for me, my top five electronic songs of the 90. Kicked it off with Crystal Method, Busy Child. Then The Chemical Brothers with Block Rockin' Beats. Daft Punk at number three with Around the World. Prodigy, Smack My Up. At number two, at number one, Saint Editing. Sure. Saint Editing. I say Etienne, but Etienne. again, Etienne. I don't know if I'm right. And I don't know if I'm wrong. I say things wrong too, Greg. Well, um, but I, dude, I have the gold medal. I think that you if do. we had, yeah, I mean, I'll I, give that to you. I totally crush you on saying you taking the English language and just completely murdering it week after week after week. So we'll have to wait and see. But Only Love Can Break Your Heart, my number one electronic song of the 90s. There are no arguments here with your list or with your ability to screw up the English I have the gold medal. I am the top tier, top shelf. Boy, if you could take a word and completely munch it right here, kids. And I really didn't have much in the way of honorable mentions. There's a couple that I wanted to mention. I thought I might make my list too like Iceland heavy this week if I included this one. But are you familiar with the group Mum? I've heard of it. I couldn't rattle off songs or albums. It's very much in that kind of glitchy, very ethereal. But they have a song on their first album from 1999 called The Ballad of Broken Birdie Records, which is very cool. They're probably known more by a lot of people because they were the cover stars of a Bell and Sebastian record. And then speaking of Bell and Sebastian, the other one was uh, their ex-bassist, Stuart David. He formed an electronic group called Looper, and they had a song called Who's Afraid of Y2K, which just a a very quick, funny story about that. I thought that this was going to be like the song of 1999 because it's very, you know, who's afraid of Y2K? Who's afraid? Who's afraid? And so, I thought this was going to be like the song of 1999 that everybody was was getting into, you know, pre Y2K. I DJed a party New Year's Eve 1999 going into 2000. I played Who's Afraid of Y2K. I got nothing off of it. Nothing. <laughs> it was Brett Weird. It was like, don't bring your little your little weird indie crud over here. Play Lou Bega. Yeah. Come on. We, we want to hear Mambo number, number five, five yeah. darn it. Yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. I guess mine, God Lives Underwater, From Your Mouth, which was a good song. Wasn't great for me, but still on the list. And then Two Unlimited, remember them? No Limit, like a real techno song. I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like the female in that band. Um, So that's why I kind of gravitated towards that song. But it is a good song. And then uh, Stardust, Music Sounds Better With You. But I don't know if that was electronic enough. But Stardust, they got some stuff. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. All right, cool. Hit the randomizer. All right, let's randomize. Let's give these people parole. We really want to thank you this week for putting up with us and for lasting this long. If you're still here, um, you're a true fan and true friend, and we just want to say thank you. If you're hearing this, you are obviously still here, and we appreciate this. And you may need professional help, but uh, we won't go into that. But if you do need help, give us a call, and we'll be good to hook you up with somebody. Uh, We stopping? 
Stop. Stop. How about we stay in the 90s, the general decade of the 90s, and we go top five underrated artists of the 90s? Hmm. Okay. Who do you feel needs more love? More love. Hmm. More love. You know who I who popped in my head first? But yeah. they don't really need more love. They were loved. But I, maybe like here in America, like last week, Paul Weller, that would be one. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say Blur. Because Blur, you know, like in America, like it's funny because the biggest probably Brit pop song would be Song 2 from Blur, which came out around 97. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, but there's so much great stuff that people don't know from Blur because they only here, know here. the Song 2. So that would be my first gut reaction to the new topic next week well will it make your list next week we'll see no yeah find out on next week's exciting <laughs> only three lads and we're going to take our meds next week so it should Cliffhanger. be yeah exactly we will have a guest provided that said guest is not graham cracker and uh that's it so we should be on our best behavior yes it got a little rough this week greg as always though as crazy as things get i love you man always a good time the fact that anybody is going to listen to this is <laughs> is a miracle in itself but we appreciate you all and until next time we will wave hello and say goodbye the theme music is frequency written and performed by yours truly brett vargo any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review examination and news reporting If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.